In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. In 1896, journalist Alfred Henry Lewis said, we are just nine meals away from anarchy. And guys, listen, if COVID-19 taught us anything, along with the supply chain delays, we need to realize that probably Lewis was right. In the next four episodes, I want to talk to you why you as a man must lead those you love in preparing for pending catastrophes. Welcome to today's episode. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post. You know, Juniper Mountain Trading Post gets all of their coffee from Panama, and they bring it into America, and they use only American-made equipment to manufacture and to roast this product. I love to be involved with companies that believe the same way I believe, that live the way I believe, and that worship the same God I worship. And these guys are the real deal. They're from small town USA, they're farmers, they're hunters, they're hunting guides, they're patriots, and they're believers. Go check out their coffee, junipermountaintradingpost.com. When you go to purchase the coffee, just type in the word arena and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Men in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide, a Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men, leading you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Hey guys, as you as you know, 2023, we are gathering 365 stories of life transformation. We call these hero stories. This is number 39, comes from Bearded559 on Instagram, and he writes in, he says, I started your book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. So far, it's amazing, especially the part about finishing strong. When I used to come home from work, I would sit around the house and relax and not talking to my family or hanging out, just simply chilling out. So after reading your book, I made a deal with my wife that I would start doing the dishes early and she would cook the meals. So I would do the dishes and hang out with her while she cooked the meals. Now, all of my kids come down, instead of having their faces in their phones, they come down and engage with us while my wife cooks the, the meals after I've already done the dishes. Thanks for your book. So in about 2008, I began this journey of prepping and it can be overwhelming at times. Uh, it's something I decided and I determined after I looked at society and I looked at how fragile the world that we are living in actually is. And I looked at uh, acts of God, you know, these, these, 
these uh, catastrophic uh, natural events, and I realized I really need to prepare my family in case of these situations. And so I want to tell you, I'm not some kind of pro. I'm not some rich guy who can throw a mil- tons of resources at this thing, but uh, I am what you would call a prepper. I don't like to talk about that very much because that is kind of one of the rules in prepping. It's like the fight club. You don't talk about prepping. But let me tell you why, as a Christian man, I prep. I got a couple of reasons why I want to share them with you. First of all, I had to answer this question. In a catastrophe, who do I trust? Am I going to trust my local government to take care of me? Am I going to trust local businesses or other people to take care of me? Am I going to entrust FEMA to come in? Am I going to trust the Red Cross? You know, a a lot of Christians will say, oh, I'm just going to trust Jesus. And I think that's got to be the foundation of everything we do. However, Jesus gives us a brain. He gives us wisdom. The Holy Spirit uh, gives us these unctions, and we need to really follow suit with that. And so I believe that when I am trusting Jesus uh, in my life and other areas of my life, they lead me to some kind of action. So for me, I would rather trust Jesus to give me the wisdom to act upon what I believe is pending. We've already seen it with COVID-19. And I want to act on that. So the second reason is this. I want to, I, I'm, as a follower of Christ, I want to hope for the best in my life. I, I want to live my life based on hope. But in everything I do, whether it's leading an organization, whether it's hunting or fishing, whatever I do, I try to prepare for every contingency. If you're a Christian golfer, don't you carry multiple clubs to prepare for every contingency on the golf course? Why don't we carry this over into providing for our families? The other reason I, I prep is I want to protect those they love. You know, in First Kings chapter seventeen, verses one through twenty-four, you can read that for yourself. But we see a great, uh, a great illustration of what happens when people don't prep during a famine. For, for instance, in the Bible, my fourth reason is that I want to provide. Not only do I want to protect those I love, I want to provide for those I love. And you can look at Second Kings chapter six, verse twenty-five for that. And what happens when we fail to provide? So I want to protect those I love. I want to provide for those I love. And number five, and this might be contrary to what you think, is I want to remove fear and desperation from those I love. You can look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. You can look at Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 through 7. So when I don't, people will say, well, you're prepping. That's fear. You don't trust God. Actually, it's just the opposite. I prep because I f- trust God and because I don't want to be afraid. When COVID-19 broke out and people were freaking out and running to the stores and clearing the shelves and taking all the toilet paper, we did nothing because we were ready. Number six is I want to be in a position to help those in need, whether it is a family member, where it's somebody who I attend church with, whether it's a neighbor. I want to be in a position to help people, and I cannot help and serve those around me if I am unprepared. So let me walk into some prepping rules for you. Here are some prepping rules I have. These are these are rules that I live by as a, a guy who's in ministry who preps. So number one, you don't talk about prepping, which I am breaking a rule. And if you watch National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers, they're breaking a rule while being on the show. But for the sake of helping our community, our tribe of men from all around the world, it is important that I, I get this out here and say, hey, guys, we need to do this. Number two is... Number two rule is I buy something every time I shop, whether it's a Bic lighter uh, for bartering, whether it's a um, uh, toilet paper, whether it is a uh, uh, whole grain wheat or a, a little one pound container of Morton salt, or whether it's rice or beans. I'm always buying something when I go. It doesn't have to be a lot, 
but it's just a way for me to remind myself. It's a mnemonic device that says, hey, Jim, you need to get things in order and be preparing constantly for what may or may not come. Number three is this, is I do the best I can to involve my family and those who I trust. And so I've had conversations with my wife, with my children, uh, and now as my children are adults, you know, asking them if they'd be willing to do this part of the prepping and I'll do this part. And so I've got one son that would be potentially reloading for me, one son that would be in charge of uh, this, one son that would be in charge of this, a daughter that'd be in charge of this, and involving your family in the process. Fourth thing is you want to prep for something. Uh, for example, do you in your area do you see a potential? If you're California, uh, a potential earthquake situation, or uh, if you're uh, in in Oklahoma or Arizona, a drought or a famine, or how about uh, if you live on the coast? Uh, if you live in Florida, if you live in the Carolinas, if you you know how about a, a, a hurricane or uh, some kind of tsunami, or how about a tornado? If you live in the you know in the South, or how about fire? If you live in a community and your house is maybe older, you know what are you prepping for? The second thing is um, you might be prepping for a grid down, grid down scenario. You know, uh, one of my favorite books is a book called One Second After. It talks about an EMP strike. You know, America is uh, the breadbasket of the world. So if you're going to strike America, you don't want to blow the place up, but you do want to create a situation where you can come in and take over the land and an EMP strike strategically placed over certain locations in America could be that way to do it. So how are you going to prepare for an EMP strike? So that that's one of the things I think about a lot. Like if we lose electricity, if we lose, lose internet, yeah, man, if we lose electricity, millions will die in one week. So this is a big thing to think about. The third thing is an economic collapse. Uh, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast would argue that we are a financially strong nation at this point. So I think that's something we need to look at. What happens if there's a total economic collapse? How about number four, foreign invasion? You know, I grew up in 1984 watching Red Dawn, and so that's always something that we need to think about. And then the, the fifth thing, and this fifth thing is something that I've been prepping for for 10 years. So in 2010 to 2020, I had been purchasing uh, N95 masks and different things like that because I believe that based on the history of the world, a pandemic was coming. And lo and behold, a pandemic hit. It was nothing like uh, the pandemics we've seen in the past. I do want to go through this with you. I think this is kind of interesting. So in 430 BC, we have the first recorded pandemic in Athens. And this pandemic happened during the Peloponnesian War after the diseases, this disease passed from Libya to Ethiopia and to Egypt. It crossed the Athenian walls as the Spartans laid siege. And as much as two Thirds of the population died. Then in 165 AD, we have the Ant Antonian plague. It killed 5 to 10 million. 25% of those infected died. Uh, we've got, I've, I'm kind of skipping through a few here. 541 AD, we have the Justinian plague. The Justinian plague killed 50. Now realize back in 541 AD, we did not have the population that we had now. have now. And so to kill 50 million people, that's 26% of the population. The population of the earth at that time was only 200 million-ish. In 1350, of course, we have the Black Plague, part one. This plague was responsible for the death of one third of the world's population. And then we go down here back to the Great Plague of London in part two. This is part two of the Black Plague in 1665. Another devastating appearance of the bubonic plague led to the deaths of 20% of London's population. 
Then we have in 1885, we have the bubonic plague part three, starting in China, moving to India and Hong Kong. The bubonic, the bubonic plague claimed 15 million lives. We can go to 1889 and the Russian flu with 360,000 dying. We can look at the 1918 Spanish flu. This is an avian-borne virus that resulted in the deaths of 50 million people worldwide. And, of course, we can look at the Asian flu of 1957. And more recently, we can look at COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19, uh, we live through COVID-19. Over 760 million infected. Uh, the death estimated deaths close to 7 million, so less than 1%. So in comparison, COVID-19 was was not a big deal on the historic level. But what I'm saying is this, is that we chose to prep for that pandemic. So when it came, we were ready. In fact, my wife actually thanked me because she was thinking early on, I was a little bit crazy. But afterwards, she said, thank you for saving us, for helping us, because I brought peace uh, and I was able to lead our organization. It was during COVID that we were able to lead Men in the Arena to the level it is now because we are ready. Here is the biblical foundations that I'm using for why I prep. In James chapter 1, verse 5, Grant, God tells us that if we pray for wisdom, he will give it. So for me, the bottom line is this, is I have the Holy Spirit living in me and I have wisdom. So I want to use that wisdom to look at the world around me, look at the history around me, and to determine what I f see in the potential future and, and to begin to build my life around that. Another foundational passage for me is in Genesis chapters 41 to 47, we see Joseph working with the Pharaoh to prepare against this, this seven-year famine in Egypt. And we see a, a whole system that he puts in place that I think is outstanding. Was it based out of fear? No, it was based out of readiness. It was based out of preparedness because he knew what was coming. And then in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, we see the the ten virgins uh, with the with the lamps. Remember that story, that parable? And, and some filled their lamps and some didn't. And the bridegroom came back and many were left because they didn't have their oils prepared. They, didn't, they weren't ready. And so not only were they not spiritually ready, they weren't physically ready. And so I want to live my life in such a way that I'm spiritually ready, I'm physically ready, I'm mentally ready, I'm socially ready, I'm ready. And so that is, that is a portion of why I have decided as a leader of my household to prep. Guys, if this podcast has helped you, and we've got three more episodes on prepping after this, make sure you're following us on our podcast app. I mean, a lot of guys listen to our podcast and don't hit that subscribe button. You hit that subscribe button, and it helps us climb the charts, which helps us to reach more people. So make sure you do that, guys. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.